Welcome to Flowing East and West, the perfectly imperfect journey to a fulfilled life. I'm Sherry Essig, an executive and life coach, and I work with people who are done settling for less than success and happiness. And I'm Ann Roby, an HR advisor and consultant focused on building strong employee engagement and meaningful company culture. So Sherry, today we're going to talk a little bit about the new year. Happy new year, by the way. Oh, happy new year to you too. So here's the deal. I don't know about you, but I feel a little bit bombarded with all of the articles and the TV news anchors and everywhere I turn, everybody's like, what's your resolution for year? What are the resolutions? And I don't know about you, but I'm just sort of, I'm a little anti-resolution. How about you? Yeah, I feel exactly the same way. I feel like the message every year as we head into a new year is new year, new you. And I mean, there's so many reasons why I have been on this anti-resolution train for a while. But one of the big ones is that they very often just don't stick because they're not grounded in things that we really want. And they often really set us up to feel like crap when three weeks, five weeks, six weeks go by and we realize that we've either made no progress on them or entirely forgotten about them. It was interesting how you said they're not really grounded in anything. And I think that's what's really important here, right? Because of course, I'd love to lose 10 pounds. Of course, I'd love to make more money. Of course, you know, there's all these things that that seem super, super obvious, but it's like peer pressure to this magical day of January 1st that somehow it's meaningful to us in our lives that it is the right day to start thinking about how we're going to change our lives for the better. And I frankly think that's kind of bullshit. I'm going to say change our lives and change ourselves. Yeah. I'm going to use the word you use. There seems to be this pressure of a really long list of resolutions as well. I just think that resolutions are are sort of set up as, as you know, inherently not necessarily getting at what we really, really want and inherently kind of set up to make us feel sort of shitty, frankly. Yeah. I think that it really can end up making us feel a lot more kind of stressed and not productive because we end up being focused solely on the end result as opposed to, you know, everything that it takes to kind of get there. So I don't think... Either one of us are saying, you know, don't ever set goals. That's not really what it's about. I think all I'm saying is don't get hooked into the line that society is feeding us that we have to come up with some New Year's resolutions. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, the other thing that often happens with this win-lose way is we end up setting resolutions that are binary. You use the example of lose 10 pounds. And the binary nature of that is either you win or you lose, you fail or you're successful. And that doesn't feel great either. That's right. Even if I'm doing all the right things, even if I, you know, if I am sort of chunking things up, I know you're a fan of that. Even if I'm sort of thinking about the why behind why, you know, I might want to lose 10 pounds or whatever. If I don't hit the goal, if I don't hit that number, then somehow I feel like a failure. Even if what I'm really getting at by wanting to lose some weight is to be healthier or lead a healthier lifestyle in essence. But because I don't hit that goal, then it sort of ends up making you feel sort of crappy. And there's there's actually a bunch of research that talks about this as well that really focuses on how having this binary nature of things, you hit it or you don't, to use your word there, it really ends up being far less productive. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I also think that there's something that happens if we don't articulate the goals really well or the resolutions super well, then it ends up having weird side effects, right? So, you know, in one of the articles that we both read to prep for this, there was an example of a quarterback who was being incented to not throw 
interceptions. So guess what happened? Uh, he stopped throwing passes altogether. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, you know, we all read about both Sears and Wells Fargo Bank, and I'm sure there's others that we could think about that were trying to set sort of specific goals for their employees. And it really ended up hurting the consumers in the end. Yeah. And so let's just ditch this whole idea of resolutions altogether. Let's yeah. just get rid of resolutions. I agree. And I just want to go back and say one more comment on the quarterback not throwing passes and incenting people on productivity goals. One of my favorite books that I have ever read, and I'm a little geeky this way, is Freakonomics. Oh, I love that. Right? The whole book is about incentives and how the right incentives move us in healthy directions and the wrong incentives move us in very unhealthy, counterproductive directions. And so it's, you know, just to to your point, Anne, is when we set up these binary, I'm going to do this, I'm going to change that. Instead of just feeling like, oh, I failed, we can also do really not super healthy things to get there. So yes, hooray for ditching resolutions. All right, they're out the window then. So if we're going to get rid of resolutions, I don't think we're trying to say like, let's not ever set goals because I think goals can be important. I just don't think there's anything super magical about January 1st. I don't think there's anything super magical about a magazine telling me what I, you know, what I should focus on in, in 2022. But if we're ditching those things, Sherry, what, what do we want to bring in instead? The beginning of the year, much like birthdays, they are milestones and they are good opportunities to pause and reflect. So I, I think there's two different things we want to bring in and we'll talk about them separately. But one is really thinking about what do you want to leave behind, right? What do yeah. you not want to bring with you into the new year? And like you and I both call that, it's a, it's a not-do list, right? The anti-goal. What am I not going to do? What am I not going to do? Or how am I not going to keep sh doing this to myself, right? Or how am I not going to keep showing up this way? And so it's really this idea of looking at what is not serving me? Mm. What do I really want to leave behind? And that can take on lots of forms. So Anne, what are some of your ideas on examples of things that can be left behind? So I know for me specifically, I really want to leave behind this multitasking, super, super bad habit that I'm in. And part of the reason for that is I kind of miss what's really happening by believing that I can do a couple different things at once. Sometimes it's necessary, right? I, you know, I'm still going to continue to listen to my audiobooks while I'm emptying the dishwasher or cooking dinner or something. But thinking you're connecting with somebody on a call or mm -hmm. on a Zoom and really you're doing something else at the same time. Like that's one of the things I really want to leave behind is this idea of, of multitasking. It can be things like that. It can be physical things. It, it can also be more emotional things like fear of failing or like a belief that I'm not enough in some way or, or over busyness. How about you? What are you thinking about when you think about things to leave behind or what you're not going to do? One of the things you just said, I'm going to answer a question you didn't ask, but one of the things you just said really speaks to this idea of looking at what you want to leave behind, of really thinking about what is really important to you. Because I'm struck when you made the comment about with multitasking, you're fine to still listen to an audiobook while you're unloading the dishwasher. But right. this talking to somebody, being on Zoom, connecting with somebody, and doing something else at the same time, you want to leave that behind. And one of the things I know about you is your relationships are so important. Yeah. And so I think it's a really good example of also really using this not going to do 
list as a way of really getting clear on what is super important to me. I love the way you just said that. And it, it can probably go back and forth a little bit because you just clarified something for me that I just know I don't want to multitask as much anymore. But what you're clarifying is so helpful is, is my why. So sometimes maybe you start with my relationships are important, thus I don't want to multitask that much anymore. And sometimes I just knew inherently I didn't want to do that anymore. And getting underneath the reason why is super important. So thanks for that help and clarification. Ah, well, my pleasure. (laughs) Some other examples that are certainly not uncommon is, you know, leaving behind feeling guilty about things all the time or being super woman or super person or super leader or Mm -hmm. in a more like tangible physical way, always having to have a super tidy house, which Warren will attest is never going to be something I need to leave behind. (laughs) (laughs) Uh It can be so many different things, but it is really helpful to take a look at why do I want to leave that behind? Because the reality is it's not always as easy as just saying, okay, I'm done feeling guilty, right? Right. Or no more. One and done. Right. Check that box. Fear of failing (laughs) for me. And so by getting clear on why that matters it starts to give you a sense of, ah, here's what I need to pay attention to as I move into 2022. Yeah, I think that's really important because in some ways, even though we're saying this is sort of the anti-list in some ways, truly they can also somewhat be considered goals as well, even though they're sort of in the negative. And so I think that that you're making a really important point, like really giving yourself a break a little bit, right? So if it is fear of failing, that's that's the same thing. It's not like, okay, I'm just going to stop being afraid of things and being afraid that I'll fail at something. And so cutting yourself some slack and maybe chunking things up a little bit, like just to your point about getting under the why, like why, what's going on for me? Why am I afraid of failing? And in what ways does that manifest? And what are some small steps I can take towards alleviating some of that, right? Why am I so focused on always having a super tidy house? What's going on with that, right? Is that mom stuff left over or is that something else or, or whatever? And so getting under the why and being kind to yourself that it's not, you know, I'm going to screw up and multitask at some point. We're all busy mm-hmm. people. But being just a little kinder to yourself and remembering that it's almost like a gift to yourself to not yeah. do some of these things that maybe drive you a little bit crazy. Right. Yeah. So for me, the thing I'm leaving behind, and I'm just going to come clean and say, this is not the first time I have wanted to leave this behind. What? I know. <laughs> I know. Because the great thing about why we decided to do this podcast is because we have mastered everything, (laughs) which is so So no book master of none that really could have been written by me. Yes, exactly. So, and, and that was a total joke in case anybody thinks I was serious about that, but mine is not staying up so late. And this is something that I have really worked on for years and years. I am so hardwired as a night owl And Mm. I am so much, I don't want to say better because I don't want to judge being a night owl. I've made my peace with that a long time ago, but I have made a lot of progress. I don't float around the house at one o'clock in the morning anymore. And, you know, that was not unusual for me 10, 15 years ago. I still would like to not be up quite as late as I am. And what I know about myself, because this has been an ongoing process for me, is that there's lots of little habits and patterns underneath And Mm. I will master them and then I can fall off the wagon 
And so it goes back to your comment about be kind to yourself. Something that really helps me is to have this little bit of this lens of very childlike curiosity mm-hmm. and be able to ask myself the question if I'm just floating around. I'm like, I said I was going to bed 30 minutes ago. Like, why am I still floating around? To just be able to ask myself, so what is up with that? Yeah. Right? In just this very light kind of way. Yeah. I love that. Right? And that often shines a light on, oh, right. That's right. When I do this, I tend to stay up late. If I just shift it a little bit, it helps me get to bed a little earlier. Super helpful. And for our listeners, uh, Sherry is an incredibly good sleeper. And so we have very opposite approaches in that I have to have a serious wind down. So just like you in the tidy house, like me needing to not stay up so late is probably not one that I'll need to work on just because of the way my body is built. That's funny. Right, right. So we've talked about this, what are you going to leave behind, this not do or not be list. And there's another piece of this, which is really looking forward and thinking about what do you want to create and Mm. how do you want to experience next year? Or what do you want to get to the end of next year and be able to say about the year that's just happened? And these are big questions, right? This isn't like chunking anything down to a specific goal, but we want to talk a little bit now about themes, like setting a theme for your year. And that becomes an umbrella that you can just run all sorts of choices and goals and actions through. Yeah, I love this idea of a theme because it is less of a do it or don't do it and more I think of it as a way of being or something that I really want to bring in that serves me and can come across multiple different facets of my life. And so when you start to think about what themes you might want to bring in, this is where doing a little bit of excavation on what's really important to me is super helpful in thinking about what a theme or themes. You and I, you know, we did a little pre-work on this and I think we both have a theme for the year. But in one of the articles I read, the woman that wrote it had a different theme every month. Now that's not going to work for me. That seems like too much for me, but I wanted to bring it up because she sat down at the beginning of the year and kind of mapped out her year and thought about the different things that she wanted to bring in each month. So listen, we're not prescribing a specific way that you, our listeners, do this. What we are suggesting is to slow down a little bit and think about, you know, really having that I'm not going to do list is actually quite helpful because that starts to shine a light towards what is important. What are the things that I really want to kind of bring in. So for me, I'll I'll give my example and then Sherry, I'd love to hear about yours. But my theme I really want to focus on this year has a lot to do with gratitude. And I really think that relates to stopping the multitasking in a way, because in order to be grateful, I really have to be present. If I'm not present, it's likely because I'm multitasking and doing 14 things at once. And I can't really appreciate the moment that we're in. And so when I started thinking about what I wanted to not do, and when I started thinking about what's really important to kind of bring in, you know, this idea of gratitude came pretty quickly to me in terms of an overall theme for the year, which which might have some things I tuck into it along the way. Like for instance, 
presence is one of the things that I would tuck into having gratitude. And so Sherry, when you started thinking about your theme for the year, how did you get there? What were the things that you did in order to figure out what you wanted your theme to be? So setting a theme for my year is something I have worked with for probably 15 years. And I don't remember where I got the idea from. It was not an original idea to me. I read it or heard somebody talk about it. And I really like the idea of it. As part of my journaling practice, some years I will just sit and do some brainstorming and think about the prior year and how do I want to experience the upcoming year. This year was a little bit different because one of the impacts of the pandemic for me, as horrible as it was, and I just always feel like I have to caveat, anything good that has come out came at way too high of a price. But for me, one of the gifts was this just incredible sense of spaciousness and there being enough time. I I don't have kids. My life did not get more complicated. My life got less complicated. And as we started moving back into a world post-vaccination and I was adding more things into my life, I was really clear I did not want to go back to quite the same level of hectic pace that Mm. I had been at. So when I started thinking about this year, I was really clear that I wanted a sense of spaciousness. For me, that doesn't necessarily mean more spaciousness as it relates to time. It really means how I experience, right? How I am experiencing my life. And so one of the pieces of that for me, and this is a good example of how a theme can help you start thinking of small actions or mindsets of, I do tend to carry a a running to-do list in my head. And so what I am replacing that with this year is as soon as I start to have that running to-do list, I just have this little mantra now, which is, there's enough time for everything important to get done. Yeah. And so that's just a, a really, it didn't really answer your question, how did I get to my theme? As much as it's an example, though, of how out of a theme can not just come goals or projects or whatever that might be, but also very little micro changes. Yeah. Well, it did sort of answer the question because you talked about journaling and reflecting on the previous year. And I think that's a great way to start for people that are considering using this idea of what's my theme for the year. I love Sherry's idea of what felt great in the year that just passed and what do you want more of? I really think that that's a, that's a great way to, to think about it. And I'm a reformed uh, resolution maker myself, but if you are one of those people that are tempted to do a resolution, Think about what's really going on for the thing that you're tempted to do. So we talked about this a little bit lightly a few minutes ago, but let's just go a little bit deeper because this could help you with your theme as well. And so let's just pick you know, the one we've already been talking about. I want to lose 10 pounds. If that would have been your resolution, which you're not going to do now because you're now on the anti-resolution train with Sherry and myself, what's the why underneath? Do you want to look better in clothes? Do you want to be healthier? Do you want to get some of your testing and your numbers down with your doctor? There's lots of reasons why you might want to lose some weight and getting underneath the why could lead you to your theme for the year. Yeah, I think that's a great example because I can think of several different themes that could lead you to, right? It could lead you to just a theme. My theme for the year is good health or my theme yes. for the year is healthy. And these do not have to be grammatically correct themes, by the way. <laughs> we are not, you're not going to turn them into the teacher at the end of class. <laughs> it, it really is about phrasing things in a way that also deeply resonates with you. 
And it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense to somebody else. I think that's actually really important. So a theme could be healthy or a theme could be healthfulness. As you dig into the why, another theme could end up being just confidence or self-esteem, right? And so you start to see how something that is a pretty typical resolution, lose X pounds, could really have so many different whys underneath it and can lead you in a much more personalized or productive or supportive direction for a theme. Yeah, I love that. I can really hear the difference when you're talking, Sherry, the difference between lose 10 pounds and work on my confidence, right? Or lose 10 pounds and live a healthier lifestyle. It's quite a different thing. Like the way that we get there, it's again, I feel like we're really overusing this word binary, but it's such a helpful one because with lose 10 pounds, either you do it or you don't. With live a healthier lifestyle, there's many avenues that you can go. Healthier lifestyle could mean I bring meditation into my world, right? It could mean I bring more exercise in. Healthier lifestyle is also mental health, right? So if it is like I'm lacking some confidence or self-esteem, that is part of the healthier lifestyle as well. And so you can see how this theme can start to become an umbrella for things that really are important to you and that you want to bring in, keeping in mind that idea of being kind to yourself as well. And so when you think about how to start to action these ideas, under your theme, that's when we start getting into some more goals. And Sherry talked about it a little bit, but you know, setting some smaller goals, hopefully non-binary, instead of exercise five days a week, it might be lace up my shoes and, and take a walk, right? And in some ways that's still binary, but it's less, I don't know, it just feels less rigid to me in some ways. A super interesting piece of all of this is for some people, structure is really, really good, mm. but it, it's, I think it's the word you used. It's staying away from things being rigid and yeah. staying away from looking at everything through a lens of success and failure. Mm. We took up that positive psychology course that we took like a long time ago, <laughs> over a decade ago now. And one of the things the instructor talked about that I loved so much is that goals point us in a direction to take a journey, Mm. right? And so it's not that the destination is what really matters. It's the journey that matters because it's in working towards that goal that we learn and we grow and we transform. And so it's not that it's bad to quantify a goal as long as you can hold it as it's directional. I love that. But the minute it gets set up as, okay, so part of my get healthy plan is to exercise three times a week and I only exercised twice last week and I am a failure, Mm. that's really different than, okay, so what was up with that? There's that what's up again, right? What what happened? Getting curious. Getting curious, right? And learning from what got in your way. And sometimes it's just going to be, hey, I had a really crazy week and I gave myself permission to work out twice. What I love about what you just said is it, it's an act of bringing consciousness to what is or isn't happening. You know, it's sort of the difference between letting life kind of happen to you and, and really consciously moving in the direction of the things that you want and the things that you want to bring in. Right. And then the last piece I'd add on that is really making sure that your goals are 
actually aligned with what you care about. It goes back to that why again, right? Because if it's out of alignment, then they're not going to serve you. And it's going to go right back to that. Like, I'm such a loser. I set this goal and nothing happened. Yeah. Wow. Just hearing you say that's so painful. And I do think you can mine the things that you are choosing to leave behind. You can mine the things that you might have you know, chosen as, as resolutions. These are areas to start to look for. What are some of these kind of mini goals, if you will, that will help me be supportive of the theme that I want to bring in? So one of the other things I'm going to leave behind is an attachment to the way things should be. I have a tendency to be really irritated. Well, it should have been like this, or it should have gone like that, or it wasn't part of my plan or, or what have you. And just notice how, again, that robs me of the ability to be grateful, right? As opposed to being attached to what I wanted to have happen, I now have focused too much on what didn't happen. And so by being really present and letting go of some of that, it facilitates me moving towards gratitude. And so how I correlate that with what you just said is by having sort of mini goals. I love your idea about curiosity. So when I do get hooked into something like, why did that happen in that way? Just being really curious, like, huh, that's interesting. That kind of pushed a button for me. Why did that push a button? Right. And really getting sort of curious about what's happening sort of helps you move toward and support your themes. Yeah. So I want to just quickly comment on one thing you just said, which is that when you get really attached to the way things are supposed to be, it really gets in your way of being grateful. And so as such a beautiful example of how this theme really works as this just beautiful umbrella or anchor, I guess one is below and one is above, <laughs> but um, so pick your direction. But it is such an amazing tool to be able to keep circling back to. If my theme is gratitude, if my theme is spaciousness, how is my reaction supporting that or not? Or how yes. is my action supporting this or not? Yeah. It's just such a perfect example. Yeah. And I think your idea of journaling is such a good one to sort of keep track of some of these things, not to beat yourself up, not to be like, oh, there, I did it again. More just like getting really curious, sitting with yourself like, wow, I was, I got really hooked in and attached to that in some way. Like what was going on for me? What else was happening? And then it starts to give you some clues like, oh, when I feel challenged in some way, then I get really hooked into the way I wanted things to be. This is just an example, right? Once I know that, when I feel challenged, that's actually one of the things, then I can go all the way back to that feeling of being challenged and almost, it's like cutting myself off at the past. Like, oh, mm-hmm. there came a challenge. I'm going to like, I, I want to note my reaction and take care for myself and my well-being at this point. Well, I think what is almost magical is that curiosity really facilitates us learning Beating ourselves up does nothing to help us learn and grow. You're so right about that. So Sherry, we've been talking a little bit about some of the goals or the ways we ladder up to really moving toward our theme for the year. And when I was working in corporate America, we always talked about smart goals and they had to be specific and measurable and attainable, et cetera. And you know, there's a place for those. And and I, I don't think that we need to... Th- throw that out altogether. And if SMART goals work for you, then great. Go Google it. There's some good information out there on it. But I really love the approach you developed a few years ago, Sherry. And I think you call them heart goals. I did. In fact, I had a 
program that I did corporately that was called Heart Goals Are Smart Goals. <laughs> and the reason I called it that was I do think the elements of SMART goals is useful. I just think it's a very, very incomplete. And so mm. HEART is an acronym for five words, harmony, energizing, affirming, radical, and true. And just to go through them super quick is when you set a goal, this is a super useful framework to run it through. So how is your goal in harmony with who you are as a person, where you are in your life, and the tenor of your life? Mm. In what way does your goal give you energy? How is it exciting to you? That's the energizing piece. Affirming. Describe for yourself how the goal is a positive force in your life. Radical. I think it is a radical act to set goals that go to the root of what's important to you. And so the question around that one is, is your goal going to the root of what's important to you? And then true is all around, do you choose to believe that this goal is possible? Yeah. Because if you don't, you've set yourself up to not feel great again, right? Yeah. And so that's the heart goal framework. And it can be super helpful to, again, make sure it's in alignment with your why. Right. So I love this. And and I know we ran through that super quickly. So we'll put those all in the show notes. But I really love this framework. You know, if we reflect on what we've talked about today, we really started with what are we ditching? What are we leaving behind? Starting with resolutions. But other than that, what else am I not going to do this year? Right. So thinking about the things that kind of aren't serving you and that you want to leave behind. And then I think the second thing was really around adopting a theme for the year or whatever time frame works for you. But thinking about what is the essence of something that you really want to bring into your life. And then under theme will be some goals, likely some things that I want to achieve that move me towards my theme overall. And Sherry just gave us a beautiful framework for how to really check those things are, are they really in alignment with who we are and by using the heart goal framework. And so as we start to wind down this episode, you know, Sherry, it's really funny. As I was trying to prep, I actually found a definition of resolutions And even though we started with this, uh, that we're going to ditch them all together, what's interesting is that resolution actually comes from the Latin, which means to loosen or release. And so maybe under that definition, we won't ditch them all together, but we will think about resolutions or what are we really going to let go of instead of completely hold ourselves accountable for. Yeah, I do love that definition. And on that note, we'll wrap up our episode for today. We really hope you enjoyed it and would love if you would share our podcast with a friend, give us a rating on iTunes or post to your own social media. And whatever you are choosing to leave behind and move towards, we wish you a happy, healthy and meaningful year. Please join us next time for Flowing East and West, the perfectly imperfect journey to a fulfilled life.